Hey all you Bonsai Time Podcast listeners, this is your host Kevin, coming at you with some new episode release. I know it's been a while, but we got something special for you. This interview will be released in a three-part series, meaning that this month we'll have three episodes released with a continuation of each episode. So stay tuned and find out more about our guest, Dennis Makashima, learning about his journey in Bonsai, his life, and his experience overall. We look forward to hearing what you have to think, say, feel, all the above about this episode and the way we're releasing it. And feel free to comment and or like and or subscribe. Remember, stay tuned and bonsai on. Hey, my name is Dennis Makashima. I'm uh, yesterday's news in bonsai, but that's all right. And I appreciate the opportunity to spew a few, a few pros of wisdom for the bonsai podcast here. Is it centered out of uh, Columbus, Ohio? Yep. Well, yeah, we're in Columbus. You're in uh, Oakland, San Francisco? Berkeley. So, you know, I'm Berkeley. in El Cerrito, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay. okay. Which is across the bay from San Francisco. Okay. But, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And, uh, my first and last podcast, I believe. No problem. We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, again, I, I can't emphasize enough. I'm uh, faded glory. Mm. Mine, I used to be famous, but that's uh, in my mind. So. The Pacific Bonsai Museum, the curator, he's been trying to catalog more of the American bonsai history. He's always talking about it. Aaron Packard, mm-hmm. he does great stuff. He, you know, speaking of the interments and things with that, he did host that um, very moving and powerful uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, exhibit. Thank you, exhibit that was with certain trees that were in or made within the camps. And myself, and my wife went to see it when uh, that summer of 2021 my little brother's getting married uh we didn't leave there with a dry eye i mean it was quite intense you know and just the ability to have that exact preservation intact especially with certain pieces that were on loan from certain museums or other things it amazes me that people just didn't take those i don't call them artifacts but historical pieces and just the significance of those is sad that they're lost now you know yeah, and that idea, not 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 putting it on you, but that people were like, "Oh, it's broken." Like just because it's broken, it doesn't mean that it's you know. Yeah, that what the heck, you know? But I, you know, I came across a lot of things too. You know, people start to understand me as something I wasn't. You know, I'm the keeper mm. of the history. Right, right. You want to see men pot? You know, it was from the internment camps. Mm. There's no documentation. It's just, you know, I don't want to be the bad guy here. And if you can show right. me a picture of it, or you can, but it's your recollection of what your grandparents had. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't know if they had. Well, I, mean, I guess they had cement in the camps, but yeah, these things were real popular in the fifties. Mm. It's like you know, without documentation, I could say this. This is what the family said. I you know, I have to qualify. Right. I I came across a lot of stuff that came from the World's Fair in 1915, but there's no documentation. Whew. You know, so I said, well, you know, it's old enough to be, mm-hmm. but I can't say definitively it is. You know, and so it's like, uh, but if someone, you know, I asked the people, you got pictures of it or you know no I, I worked on some rural fair trees mm-hmm. Once, mm-hmm. four or five pines are all three four hundred years old so obviously wow. of that age mm-hmm. hundred years ago and then you know Japan's not gonna send a one gallon can they're gonna send like a two or three hundred year old pine mm-hmm. that's one family the Lillian Falls uh, very instrumental in getting the world spirit to San Francisco you know very they were financiers and so as the story goes, in gratitude, uh, the Japanese pavilion gave uh, the Lumenthal family these bonsais. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred years later, they surfaced. You know, I was called into Yuji Yoshimura was the last one to see them. And Tosawa Maura, but then they didn't like Yuji uh, style. Okay. It was too professional. It was too, you know, they're going to wire this. And these things have been clipped and grown for a hundred years by uh, a couple of the Lumenthal men. Mm-hmm. So they got wind of what I do, and oh, you know, we like that. And I talked to them, and so I took over. You know, I had to repot them first, but they weren't mm-hmm. strong, so I had to get them strong enough to be repotted. Right, right. So I told them, I'll be real careful. And there's a in those days they use big old window screens for the bottom. Oh wow! 
you know, so I, I, I can kind of sense that there's one down there about that. I, I'll just cut off this part, mm -hmm. you know, and do a real conservative repotting, no combing of the roots and no, mm -hmm. right? I finally got that screen out of there. That screen must have been like, well, 30, 40 years old. Wow. I hadn't been repotting there long. And then I, I looked in there and there was another screen. <laughs> oh, God. I said, if I beat the screen, I know the roots going to girdle in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to take that screen out too. So I finally cut half the root ball off on a 400 yard tree. Mm. I pulled that screen out there. And lo and behold, there was another one. It was about one inch underneath that root ball. Oh, my. You know, these are screens that go over the whole circumference of the root ball area. Mm -hmm. So I told her, you know, you could just see things were going kind of through the old ones, the roots, but they were all girdled and dying off. Right. I said, well, there's a big chance. You know, we got to make the decision together, but I felt uh, I should do it. Mm hmm. Like, you know, gee, you need a hard operation going in there and you find another problem, another problem. Mm -hmm. if problems in there, you know, it's going to kill you. If you take them out, then it might kill you anyway. Mm -hmm. So I finally took that thing. I was sweating BBs for like, I was going to say, you're going to be sweating bullets. <laughs> I went back to heavy so many weeks. And Doing some Hail Marys. Pour their water and do all this other stuff. But they finally made it. Good. I was so happy, but I didn't put it back in a once I thought I had a regular boxes built. Right, right. I mean, just I thought that was a better thing for drainage and whatever at the time when we put it back in the bonsai pile. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Our screen now is probably about a hundred years old. God, wow. good things that you find and plants you work on mm -hmm. that they had no documentation, but the story is plausible because of the family name. Right, right, uh, and also what you found in the soil. Was <laughs> well, you know, it internment camp stuff? Mm. You know, they say pine or the nah, it can't be. And if they want to talk about, uh, you know. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a juniper or some kind of, uh, not mesquite, but there's other things, but then they're very hard to keep alive in a pot. That's why I kind of I was kind of skeptical. Mm -hmm. uh, these, you know, they're drought tolerant for a reason. You know, they can't be in a pot. Right, right. But, you know, I, I am starting to, I, I heard of some of these stories, and then I, I know there are excavations for Japanese ponds that they made up in the camp. And mm -hmm. You see that line of a pond and water running through it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, and I, I'm pretty sure someone attempted bonsai, but it, you know, for some kind of cactus or yucca palm or something like that. And, right. Yeah, you know, I had My father did some stuff. My mom did some stuff. So mm. I cleaned everything out, but I kept those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm looking to pass those things along too, somewhere along the line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm not a minimalist, but I'm getting close to when you leave, you leave. Right. Mm. Right. I was down in LA. You talk about uh, Doyle. Hmm. He's a good guy. He did a bait and switch on me, so I'm really proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> I came with my last pine. You know, my I kept one for my own self. Mm -hmm. The national anthem of the old style. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I've had it for like 35 years. And, uh, who should I give it to? Should I pass on the legacy of a Japanese American thing? And you know, Doyle's Japanese American and mm -hmm. yeah, relative newcomer. Mm -hmm. 10 years or whatever so he you know he, he would probably you know, he really enjoyed it. i gave it to him at the showing conference this february and mm -hmm. you know I, I said that's it i'm not gonna do any more bonsai stuff as well can you just come down to LA and talk about this tree mm -hmm. uh you know about the history and the japanese american legacy and uh, okay, all right <laughs> but it's close to daichi you know they had their exhibition a couple weeks ago yeah and the tree wasn't there he didn't bring it you know he brought me two other kind of Things that he came up here and bought two of my trees from the auction. Mm. Where's the old trees? Oh, you know, I forgot. Mm. Hey, man, it got me down there. And so I, I changed the dynamics. I, uh, for my last presentation, I thought I just, I just BS for three and a half hours. <laughs> I got nonstop. Nice. But you know, people stayed. And then I, I, what I looked for is that one person. There was a one, she had a, I mean, she must have been in her early 30s. Mm -hmm. Chinese last name. I don't know if she's Chinese or Japanese, but you know, she was really asked good questions, really inquisitive. And she said she had a lot of fun negotiating all the BS. <laughs> Get to the pearls. I said, all right, you know, this is the one I, I can reach. <laughs> but I just changed the way I'm looking at it. Instead of jumping totally out, if someone needs somebody to not mentor her, but just to fill in some of the blanks, mm -hmm. you know, I will. So that's what here, if you're interested, I can fill in some of the blanks without being totally. You know, sure of the facts right right but again i can only tell you what I, my interpretation of what i thought i saw 
Yeah, and that's yeah, that's that's and that's ideal just because a lot of the people that you learn from or were associated with sadly are no longer here on this existence, right? And so all we have is these uh things you've experienced and or you know done with them. Yeah, and what some people I, I really want to make sure I mention their name, like Khan mm. and Kate Homai mm-hmm. of Los Angeles. Her father was uh he started Bico Inn Nursery in Los Angeles. And there's a club now called Bico Inn in his honor. I know that club. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And on uh, Linda Shiba, kind of, I think he was like the current leader of that club. He's not the president, but he's kind of like, the, you know, kind of like the current sensei of the club. Okay. But uh, uh, Keiko Mai was just a butt kicker. Well, I should, that's how I, I ruled in Bonsai. I, I got Keiko Mai down all of a sudden. Hey, they're going to be Texas, Northern California. Mm. You know, they supported everything I said. Plus, they were proud of me being Japanese-American and carrying the torch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I ever had a problem in Los Angeles, boy, I, I said, K Komai on you, boy. You, you have no, <laughs> no chance at all, boy. He was kind of overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he became the proprietor of the nursery at his father-in-law's place. But I, I took his workshop, and he was like a philosopher king. I never heard anybody that, that can say these things. Matter of the heart. Mm-hmm. Took all his workshops and just, just people that you meet, you know, pearls of wisdom. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm trying to encourage you. You guys are young. You gotta have fun. Mm. That's not just technique only. Or right. There's there's a lot more you know, in the history part, and then you don't have yeah. to abide by the history, but you have to know there is one. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a third generation Japanese American. My group was the baby boomer group. There's mm-hmm. still third generation, but they were born before World War II, so they're a, they're a little bit better behaved. <laughs> city guys uh, just like uh i was like i played basketball when i was in my youth mm. you know japanese american leagues our parents went inward so they had basketball leagues for us baseball football mm. they sponsored dances at the churches and they wanted to give you the experience right yeah well they just you know there was a stay within the community yeah you know and then we'll yeah they they didn't want to go out and do public speaking or anything and they just but they want to make sure that we you know we grew up Happy teens, right? You know, it's with expectation they have a doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just have fun. If you can get a degree, get a degree. You know, get an education. Get a good right. job. Get out of the house. Right. Enjoy life. Yeah. So basketball, and then, you know, I, was, I went down to LA. We had some good teams here, and I was not a star, but I was, I was a, like a basketball mercenary. <laughs> <laughs> Play, man. You know, I, I have no religious affiliations. Buddhist team need a team. I remember I'm Buddhist, and the next thing was a Christian name of saints. I became Christian. (laughs) (laughs) You're traversed by many spiritual entities. (laughs) (laughs) The team called the Penthouse Clothers, they were always the superstar team. Mm. And the LA team's a little bit better because they had a bigger population to choose from. Right. So they got better stars. And so we went play them. And that that was fun, but they took me to this place called Hermosa Beach. So. Mm Mm-hmm. So LA, there's Gardena, mm-hmm. and there's uh, Torrance and Redondo Beach, mm-hmm. and then uh, right there is Hermosa Beach. And uh, I was there, and I was like uh, 16 years old. You walk on that beach, and there's like 2,000 Japanese Americans out there, and so obviously half are women. Yeah, you see Japanese American girls in bikinis. Just oh mm-hmm. my god! <laughs> <laughs> and you go to Japan, they're just Japanese, you know. Right, right. Right. California or San Francisco Bay or something, freezing yeah. cold, and no one's it's out cold. Yeah, wearing no, no nothing. Yeah, they thought, the, Oh, look at this place, you know. They, all, <laughs> they partied after, you know. The, all right, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how that came about, but that's part of being you know, in the Japanese American population, right? Right, it's like, that experience, right? The shared experience that's what I've heard. And again, there's there's no basically no one left of the second generation to really talk about bonsai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard some, but they're, they're kind of like, to me they're way off. You know, they, they have a certain bias towards a certain teacher, right? Areas, and that's not reflective in my mind of the total experience. And people up here knew nothing about LA. Mm-hmm. LA knows nothing about up here. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like the perfect person in between. Right. So you always ask questions, and say, well, I, I can answer to a certain point. Right, like you said, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, this is it. You know, I, I, I would never. Say another word about this until the next time, but <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate it so much, Dennis. And you know, all the time you've given us today, you know, um, 
you know, we know we know you've done so much in bonsai and with bonsai and for bonsai. Uh, what is next for Dennis Makishima? Uh, what can we see from you now, if anything? You know, will you have, make a memoir? Will you? <laughs> I've accomplished it. You know, I had like two or three things planned for life after bonsai and life after pruning. Mm-hmm. I accomplished it. Well, so can I ask what they were? Well, one was a pressing desire to talk about my generation, the baby boomer Japanese Americans. Mm-hmm. We nothing. Mm-hmm. Group before us was the great generation. The group before that were the immigrants and all the stories. And mm-hmm. group after us is the Silicon Valley people, the, those who got into politics, doctors. You know, no one's a plumber or a mechanic, right? A gardener, tree pruner. Mm-hmm. I, I felt so while I still, since I'm talking about these things, you know, it was a chance to fill in a blank. You can't yeah. have a historical timeline between the first generation and fourth without including. This part, it was a third generation, my group. Mm-hmm. No one cares, but you just had to put that in there in the history. Mm-hmm. You know, and then this is, we existed. Yeah. You wouldn't go from the second to the fourth without the third generation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I was able to fill in some blanks in the bonsai community and some blanks in the uh, Niwaki business or Japanese garden, Japanese kind of gardens we have around here and who started these things. And they're not pure to the Japanese concept in Japan, but. Mm. Again, the best we can do in a Japanese American approach. I was gonna say, yeah, it's all you can, right? You, you got you, you, you're available to only so much. Oh. My alarm system going off. Oh, is it okay. Just a second. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Someone cooking. Uh, something burnt in the kitchen. Something. Uh, was, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. I did, it's in the. Can you still hear oh, me? Yeah. Say again. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're good. You're good. Yeah. So you're kind of fanning the, the alarm oh. thing. <laughs> Getting the smoke away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's not too loud. Stimulating conversation. No. Right. Um, yeah, I guess. With this, with the uh, donation of my trees, it became, I became like another public figure again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this guy's great. He's this. And like, Come <laughs> on. I rid of my plants. <laughs> I, I got in like maybe five or six newspaper articles. Right. Oh, wow. And that gives you publicity. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also completed my autobiographical sketch. Mm. At, when I retired, I had seven students that asked for more detailed information about me. Mm-hmm. They started with me for anywhere from three months to 10 years. Mm. Wow. But, you know, I, I it was more important. I knew you than, than you know me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to study. Are you, you know, what, what's it going to do? What, what can I do to unlock things for you? Mm-hmm. Help you, you know, besides this textbook learning or there's things I can tell, I can fill in the, you know, what you need as far as uh, making the plan, mm-hmm. the clients, you know, you need to be personable. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't know what, how much it costs, you know, for the fee structures and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then uh, it's okay, you know, that's fair. So I wrote my autobiographical sketch, but you can't do it seriously as far as I'm concerned. You can't write about yourself. and Talk about I descended from the sky and then <laughs> part of the seas. You got to bed or something. Pay homage to me. You touch a bonsai is perfect. Hundred BS stories. Factual, but I just had to put a little, you know, self-deprecating kind of twist to it. Right, right, right. Because I had I broke it down to six or seven eras. Hoping in the fifties in Berkeley as a Japanese American kid, couldn't get beat that. 60s in Berkeley as uh, free speech and man on the moon, Kennedy assassination, MLK's assassination, Vietnam War. The hippies. There, and, I was in the middle of all that, you know. Yeah. Hippies and, you know, the drug scene, everything, you know, I was mm. there. Mm. And then the, the 70s, I worked in a produce store. Mm. But it just happened to be ground zero for, it's called a gourmet ghetto. Mm. North Berkeley got to be famous around the world for this one little area. And the flagship business was called Chez Panisse. It was a French restaurant. Mm-hmm. And uh, people came from around the world to go there. It was right across the street from our produce store. Oh, wow. So have you heard of, I don't know if it's out there, it's a national chain now, Pete's Coffee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They started like, you know, half a block from us. So it was like the cheese board. There was like maybe seven or eight instrumental businesses that started together. Mm-hmm. It all became like uh, nationally known. Mm-hmm. So I, ghetto, I was right there in the middle of it. I was the produce purveyor. I managed the store. 
Mm-hmm. And then the 80s, they got into tree pruning and bonsai, and that's just right place, right time. Mm. Sounds about right. You know, the urban environment was changing, so the tree pruning was effective, and then the bonsai people were passing away, retiring, so I was able to make a niche there. Mm. You know, and then I, uh, it's funny, you know, like even this, the more I try to get out and disappear, the more I public <laughs> exposure I get. You can blame Michael Hagedorn on that one. <laughs> I knew him in Tucson. Right. And he was more potter than bonsai person. Yeah, because he, he originally told us to reach out to you, um, you know, because we had asked him about his experience in Japan and then, you know, the relational component of like being an American in Japan. And then he was like, this Akishima would be really, <laughs> really good about that. Because, you know, and you're like, you've already discussed your reasoning and why you chose to go but also just to learn more about yourself it seems and then you know that essence of being in the land of your ancestors you know if i can say that uh and and you know unknowingly learning some things that you didn't know about or things in that way and i think yeah we've yeah, just learned so much just this time and <laughs> i was a foreigner though right right in that existence, of my ancestry but yeah in existence probably the antithesis of somebody from berkeley yeah, right Right. You know, right. I used to liken that to we used to go to Playland by the beach in San Francisco and mm-hmm. get a mole and <laughs> hot dogs and back. You know, but I'd, I'd be like that in Japan if I lived there. Yeah. If I get my head cut off. And no hot dogs and hamburgers either. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I can tell people kiss my ass. Oh, you know. <laughs> but I, I again just serving in Vietnam was just. There was nothing good about it. And being mm. in Harley for two years, there's nothing good about it. Like you, mm. start find, you take a story and then make it yeah. funny. You know, mm. I was on guard duty and it was a beautiful part of the country like Hawaii. The ocean is there, it was right next to the mountains. Mm. So mm. we had to, at nighttime, we had to go guard duty once in a while and we had to guard for enemy sandpans coming in off the water. Mm-hmm. Right. So we had a little guard house you know, out there, like a big outhouse looking thing. Mm. You know, and the first thing you do is, is, is only a nighttime post. You can see the sand pants coming in at daytime. So they, they try to infiltrate at night, get the flashlight, no booby traps. Mm. Looked on the ground, it was a beetle, but this big. Huh. Wow. Geographic kind of plate size. Big thing with big old horns. It was like, Woohoo, man. Stepped <laughs> on it, it was squished, but, you know, <laughs> that was one. I couldn't squish that thing. <laughs> right. Rain like hell. So I, I, you can have the guardhouse. I walked outside, mm. the rain. And then, but I did a, Terrible thing is, you know, it was only like a you get a replacement. Mm-hmm. Then I got replaced by another guy, and I didn't tell him about that beetle. Oh no! <laughs> like he, you know, he just he just sat there. I just imagined that thing crawling up his leg, boy. Could have called the beetle, and but I didn't. You hear a scream from my way. Oh my god! <laughs> it was funny at the time. I mean, geez, you know, right, right? I was on the beach, and then uh, you hear this like scurrying. Yeah. You know, what the heck, man? I, I heard more and more, so I decided I stood up and stood back a little bit, and it was like, to me, about a million rats came down the beach. Oh wow! wow. Big old brown wolf rat. They you know, probably eat everything along the way, but mm. I never seen that before, boys. I think I got up. I've been, I've been eating. Yeah, it's a stampede. I think. Things that happened, you know. I, I so I was able to reminisce about mm-hmm. in the army mm-hmm. and Vietnam, photos. And now yeah. Yeah, this is the conclusion of. Uh, my autobiographical sketch. So is that is that kind of sketch almost book? Is it going to be published? Is it available? It will be in about three months. Okay. okay. It's already done. I mean, I, I did it and I I did the main body and it had to be like at least uh, back in maybe 60 pages long. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, uh, because of this publicity, this group called Zentoku, Z-E-N-T-O-K-U. When I was mm-hmm. on LA for Doyle's club thing, but I also met the Zentuka people and they want to, they got a hold of my autobiographical sketch. You know, this, uh, I, they want to do a profile on me, so I sent the sketch to the woman doing the profile. Mm-hmm. She's like a, a freelance writer for them. Mm-hmm. And she used a lot of stuff on the sketch for this profile. And they said that uh, they read it and they said it was, uh, they thought it was extremely humorous, but also chronicle. The generation that I'm trying to do perfectly, so it's right. an American thing, and they so they want to put a hardcover on. Wow! So the thing is already done. They just want to put a hardcover, so they, you know they're getting a graphic artist to do the hardcover. That's awesome. I imagine it be out in about three months. So I told them, you know, you can do what you want. I don't care. If you want to use a toilet paper, burn it, 
<laughs> no one cares anymore. It's just me. But yeah, right. I lived a, uh, in my mind, a once in a lifetime life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had maybe five or six things that uh, were one in trillion coincidence. Mm-hmm. It just seems to follow me around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a basketball fan, but I, I, my wife had season tickets to the Golden State Warriors, the basketball team. Very nice. She she was there from the bad years. And, oh yeah. You know, once in a while there's a really terrible team. You know, right now they're good, but it was the Clippers. Mm. No one wanted to go to that game, so she couldn't even get the tickets away. So I was always coming here to go with her. <laughs> it's like a Coliseum home with a stadium holds like nineteen thousand people. Wow. She had season tickets, so it was pretty good. We had seats one and two off the mm. aisle. I never went. She went with a girlfriend all the time. But mm-hmm. once, you know, once a year. Throw me a bone, you know, one one day. <laughs> so I, I sat there and then, you know how you had an airplane and sometimes you got the middle seat open and you wonder who the heck's gonna sit here and then mm. kind of just for that door to close and then then you know no one's gonna sit there. Mm. Want some 400 pound person that's you know smell like crazy or smokes or something, you know, sitting there. Oh yeah. So in the game, I, I sat in seat two and the seat three was open. Mm. But, you know, you go to sporting events and people are drinking beer, they get all loud and sloppy and who the heck's going to sit there? Mm-hmm. And I sat there and, you know, then all of a sudden the game started. Well, no one's going to sit there. And I spread out and someone got cat man. I said, excuse me, can I get to that seat? I turned around with my brother. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the first game he went to. That's awesome. Wow. I went there once a year and this guy, he never went to a game. He got the ticket from a friend that got it from a friend. <laughs> it's like you know, what's the odds? And it's that close, a little guy sitting next to my brother. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I had a lot of these things. So, and then going to Japan as a person with Japanese ancestry, you know, I was able to mm-hmm. chronicle a lot of the stories that. Right. You know, one of the things I was known for. Mm-hmm. Did you stuff. when you went to Japan? I mean, ask. Did you still have family? That, at the time that it was there? Extended yeah. family? No, okay. I mean, there might be some distant Makishimas or something else out there, but there's no no relatives yeah. that I know of. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Well, anyway, it's like, but they live in, you know, you're going to go to uh, Fukushima, but this, uh, my my relatives are from Yamaguchi, Ken. isn't it next to Hiroshima? Yeah, around there, yeah. That's where most of the migration came from, the south and the west part of Japan. Okay. Typical, I mean, all the... People that were successful, Kyoto, Osaka, Tokyo, and the people that were farmers and impoverished were like Kyushu, fishing mm-hmm. areas. So my parents, my grandparents were no different. They were just core farmers and typical immigration. You know, grandfather comes first, mm-hmm. gets settled and sends for the you know, grandmother. In this case, you know, my grandmother was a picture bride, so it came. And oh, wow. My parents were born here, and then grandfather died, so my mother went back to Japan with her mother. Right. When you leave, you know, you, you don't leave on good terms. You know? you know, it's like, uh, you know, they were probably expected to stay home and take care of other people. They, I mm. never ambitious, you know, I want to out of here. Right. We come back, you're even poorer, you know. And, yeah. And they struggled for a long time. And, but I, when I was in Vietnam, you get R&R. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I had an aunt that was very persuasive. She was a Japan Airlines stewardess in 1967. Oh, goodness. A little pretty woman. and. She kept lobbying for me to go see where grandma was born. I said, are you crazy? I don't want to go to Japan and see where grandma was born. I'm 19 year old. <laughs> you know, I'm in Vietnam. I might die tomorrow. Who knows? You know, I want to go to Thailand or Hong Kong and want to have some fun. Right? Mm-hmm. I want to go to Japan. I'm like, yeah, too civilized. <laughs> <laughs> As it came out, you know, I, she coerced me. They kept writing. I went to Japan. and was my, That was the first time I went to Japan, 1967. Mm. And then I was I was broke within two days. Okay. I spent well. One was uh, first night was the big mistake. You know, I went to a oh, we lose him. Oh, I thought my computer first. No, I think we lost him. Maybe. Oh. Sorry about that. No I, off when I, was cooking yeah, I didn't have it plugged in because I didn't think it would be that long. We had too Apologies. much fun listening to all the stories. That was our fault. <laughs> okay. So again, if you want the Bonsai Basics Teacher's Guide, it's on the Golden State Bonsai Federation website. Okay. They still exist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just looked up that actually, and I wasn't able to find it, but I think I can email the people that they give the email to and just say um, okay. if they have it or not. Yeah, we'll hunt um, it down. That seems like it would be a good thing to share with people. Just, all, yeah. Sorry, this is the, it's not in print anymore, the ones I booked from it. Oh, yeah. That's a magazine. This uh-huh. was okay. a 2002, mm-hmm. 2000 issue, and then they, it wasn't because they did the book, but it was just uh, the, they quit publishing books from this point on. Okay. So this is uh, this is all done in my backyard. So these are all my trees. Oh wow! Uh-huh. But so it all you know it was part of a plan. You know with the bonsai basics thing, and then the, I was the education chair. So the Sunset Magazine reached out to me. They wanted to know was the old edition is it any good? Because they rehash it every ten years. You know the same old stuff. I says I looked at it. and says you know it's like the horticulture is too old, and then the, the style is not really indicative of anything. It was, and then I said the way it laid out. If you're a beginner, and this is kind of a, a beginner book, mm-hmm. but the way it's laid out is that the first part is I did demos on my on my demonstrations on the deck, mm-hmm. and it down like hands. So this is you know beginning at the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The old book, you you know they they go from if you got a one gallon can and they show a picture of some fabulous tree there that's a hundred years old, it's like, right? Disconnect. You're doing this. I'm looking at that. You can't get here from there. It's like mm-hmm. yeah. So that's, I said this is just the beginning. You know, it's like. Keep it alive for one year, and then we'll go to chapter two. I appreciate we appreciate you saying that because Ryan and I are working on an educational. Uh, we have our yearly show this summer mm-hmm. at our local club in Columbus coming up, and Ryan and I are on to on board to take on their bonsai collection to help it reestablish health and things yeah. and train them. But we're also going to have an educational component, like you're saying. So many people see these finished trees and like that's out of my capability, mm-hmm. but we're going to do this thing where there's a succession of things maybe one species like a juniper where it looks like a like a whip and then it goes from these processes through the uh-huh. seasons right because they're in training and okay. people can see that and be oh i can do that i can i can do that you know and that's what we need <laughs> give somebody a redwood grove and mm-hmm. i mean tree you put it in a grove and they look at the trees behind you well, ah, you know what's going on here you know you got to wait mm-hmm. 500 years but it's okay <laughs> exactly. but then we, we found out sometimes it was important to have a, a, a somebody sit there in the audience with a new person when you have a club presentation mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what's going on here. Someone just to hold your hand, explain things, mm-hmm. help you buy a tool, help you shop at a nursery. Mm-hmm. These are all those things that helped. You know, sometimes we lost people because the, the distance was too far. Yeah. In your, your case, it might even further. Mm-hmm. The Central School Bay area, we had like uh, ten clubs within about a half hour drive of each other. Wow. But you know, one was in San Francisco, one was in Oakland. In mm. San Francisco, you might be an Oakland person going to their club thing and get their information, join their club. Mm-hmm. Then you find it going across the bridge during rush hour was not conducive. Mm-hmm. You drop out after a while. So, well, if you are from Oakland, quit the San Francisco club and join the Oakland club. Mm-hmm. And conversely, if you you know go the other way, so we try to get clubs to work together so that you might lose somebody, but you'll gain somebody. Right. Right. Just keep the person. Some some elderly people they want to come out at night. You know, club meetings are at night. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people didn't want you know didn't drive. So we we had to figure all these things out. So I, after interviewing all these people who dropped out, we came up with maybe twenty conclusions of how to you know how to keep people in bonsai. Mm-hmm. Is that in the teaching document too, or is that a separate? Yes, it's all in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely need cool. to get that right. Yeah, it's not written that <laughs> yeah. like in a you know, paragraph. It's just it give you the mm-hmm. suggestion, but you'll get the gist of it. Yeah, for sure. No, that's really you helpful. Go from Cincinnati to you know Columbus to someplace else. This is this prohibitive. Yeah, right. We have a few members who are uh, from Dayton, which is an hour and a half away, and they used to have their own club, and for whatever reason, it no longer exists. So now a couple of them come here, but a couple of them are still there, just kind of on their own. Okay, mm-hmm. one big advantage of it because of the internet. I mean, I don't participate in it, mm-hmm. but you know, you can actually, you know, you can get lessons, you can get instruction, but it's still right. that's just to plant the seed, plant the hook. But mm-hmm. you know, even the internet can get pretty, you know, pretty sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got someone giving lessons, you know that that's uh, Bjorn or Ryan are very sophisticated, and you know, it's just if you got people out there talking about the basics, and that's another target audience. It's not that you want to stay there, but yeah. Yeah. You eventually graduate to you know better and better people. And then mm-hmm. like for me, you know, my group, we weren't superstars, but we all you know, we all achieved a, a certain uh notoriety for ourselves. Mm. But uh, all the guys I've mentioned before, you know, but they're all they all had we all had day jobs. Right. Did other things. 
right? It wasn't their money maker. That's right. So, you know, I yeah. understand it. That's how things change and whether, you know, I'm not for it, but that's the way it goes. You know, it's like if it's mm -hmm. money oriented, mm -hmm. then, you know, you got to make a living, you know, but in those days it was almost, un you couldn't do it. Right. You know, you couldn't do make money from bonsai. Right. But sell your plants from these old timers. They, they frown upon that. And yet there's always exceptions, you know, like some of the club senseis where they had their own nursery. So well, that's okay. <laughs> he has a nursery, he sells plants, that's okay. But you do it, you know, I'm going to clobber you. <laughs> Ostracize you. Ah, okay. There's always exceptions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Japanese masters come here and they clobber our apple tree bonsai mm -hmm. without out of proportion. Right. You go to Japan, they got Chinese quince you know, in the Coca Fruit Ten show. And God, big old thing. Right. Like, you know, well, that's an exception. Okay. You know. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Like the headquarters of my group, it was uh, Daijuin. Mm. They got these two four, four and a half foot pines in front of the, the flank, the entryway to the display room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's bone size, but they were they're too tall, you know, four and a half feet tall. Mm -hmm. They're from the Imperial Collection. Oh, wow. But that's an exception. Well, again, if you're in power, you create the exceptions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, contemporary, if you're one, you know, Kimura was a genius. Now, mm -hmm. I, I you know, we're not personal friends, but I had a chance to assist them in Washington, D.C. at one of our international bonsai conferences there. Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I was, I assisted him, and it was a, a very awkward moment because I was in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, and I had to go to the bathroom, got up, and uh, the person interpreting saw me and said, hey, can you come up here and help Mr. Kimura? <laughs> 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 you know, I, so I, I toughed it out, man, for two hours. I went up there and helped well, out. All you wanted to do was use the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool, man. yeah I, so I had the chance to assist everybody. Mm. And that was more, more like, a, you know, not a good statement on me. I just said that they're the stars. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit there and mention my own opinions on something. You know, even if they ask, I said, you know, I'm not up here to mention an opinion. I'm here just to assist, mm. do the work. <clears throat> But I, again, having if you have a chance to study with some different people, then that's great. Mm. You know, I had the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, I knew these people very personally. You know, Chase and yeah, Galavanis and yeah, I went to the Galavanis thing twice. Uh, the symposiums. Oh, the national show. Yeah. Well, no, it was this is uh, before that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard before about the symposiums. Like a, yeah. you know, a couple of educational symposiums every year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I was, a, I was on the last program. He wanted to, you know, he's considered me one of the five best educators in the United States in Bonsai. So, oh, and nice. so I was on the program with Kathy and mm. David Group, mm. Bill Balapanis, and I've got the first fifth person, but mm. yeah, sure, you know, I'll come. Good for the ego. <laughs> yes, huh? You know, all right. And then I, okay. what really helped, besides that, I went to Long Island and did some workshops. Mm. And then, uh, the highlight of my trip was they took me to Manhattan. Mm. You want to see the Empire State Building? I was like, heck no, man. You want to see the Statue of Liberty? I was like, heck, I want to go to Katz's Jewish Deli, man. I went there and I got me coffee sandwich. This is great. <laughs> it's like a Philly. You know, I saw Chase. I went to Philadelphia eventually and did some mm. programs there. And this is a brand new, really nice sushi restaurant opening up. <laughs> I don't like sushi. You know, I want a Philly cheesesteak. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> went in Philly. <laughs> But uh, you know, Hudson Hawaii was the soda fountain there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But again, this is uh, all this is interrelated. You know, everything I've ever done, there's always a plan. You know, there's like right, right. Start with basics, but how to get it out, and then once it gets out, then people kind of bite on it. Mm -hmm. You got to be ready. Right, flow with the river of life. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if you thought it out ahead of time, and then when the right opportunity comes, you jump right in. You don't sit there and procrastinate. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's no, part of planning all this stuff out, or you you have a podcast or whatever you got. And who's gonna log in? Oh, that guy was terrible. <laughs> but that's my that's my strategy. You know, I just I can I can talk. I talked in BC for four and a half days straight. Nice. You know, because I sent him a uh, not a resume, but just you know, they said, "What do you what do you feel qualified to talk about?" Mm. Said about twenty things. Hmm. We like all twenty. <laughs> Wednesday afternoon and finish Sunday morning before you leave. And, wow. All right. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, mm. as they stuck it out too, you know. But uh you know, I, I can I can talk because that's part of how I get people. 
I find that one person that the sister takes it. Mm -hmm. And on a one, you know, tree pruning, I used to talk, finish it, you know, our, our volunteer projects were from like nine to 12. You know, and I usually talk like half hour after that, just from a little summation of what we did. And, mm -hmm. and then uh, one, or, one or two people stayed. And I, it was starting to rain. I sat there, they stood in the rain, and they still sat there and listened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but they became, you know, good apprentices of mine, and they're all nationally known now. So. The common awesome. denominator was in me. The common denominator was their desire to you know, grasp it. And, right. Well, I don't, I, you know, I'm multitasking today, and I can't. You know, all then it's either me or you're multitasking. Mm -hmm. I think I can help you. You better be standing there. Do mm -hmm. and you, you kind of get, you get the, the pearls through all the BS. That's mm -hmm. how autobiographical sketches laid out. Awesome. Awesome. Give our stories, and then it's like, but there are are truths in every one of those things. Mm. Well, I know. I, uh, Ryan, what are you going to say? I was just going to say that we'll have to look for those truths. Um, I was telling Kevin yeah. after you dropped out that uh, we can plan to release this episode when your uh, autobiography is being released also. So Anything about, you want. Yeah. Father, you can clobber me. <laughs> Never. No way. I got no shame. And no, I used to have pride, but now that I'm like a nobody, then who cares? <laughs> but I, I am honored that this group actually feel that they want to take what I've written. Mm. The only thing they want to do is I wrote it out in the main body of it. And then uh, every three or four months, I used to write a poster. Mm. There's always more stories, you know. Uh, I, should, I couldn't, uh, too late to get an original document. So, mm. I, so I wrote like five postscripts over the, the two-year period. Mm -hmm. So they just want to organize this so that it, it flows better instead of being, you know, the 50s of the 50s and that, you know, here, 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 back here. Mm. Right. But yeah, if you're interested, it, it'll be out. It's just. Uh, Can you say the title again? I don't. There is no title right now. Oh, okay. But it's okay. like uh, I, I put down. Uh, I, don't know, I guess on the original cover page was more like, you know, autobiographical sketch. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we'll 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 uh, find like a link where people can find it, and we'll put it uh, with the episode, so that yeah, way. Yeah, you can. Yeah, we'll do that part for them. And that was through Zen Zentoka, correct? Z e n t o k u. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. uh, you know, nationally known, mm. I guess, a, a, a Japanese American cultural thing that want to preserve history. And okay. so it's mostly like profiles of uh, prominent artists, you know, basket weavers, mm. martial arts person. <clears throat> and uh, but they like my story because it's, you know, I incorporated bonsai, tree pruning, mm. and historical significance in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, they, they said, well, they like to publish this thing. Do what you want. Mm, you know, that's I, awesome. Yeah, you know, I got. I, uh, I used to get even more people get mad at me, but now I just, just chill out. <laughs> they me my. I have a five and a half hour latte break in the afternoon. So I usually from about one o'clock to about five thirty. I sit on my deck, newspaper, latte. You know, kick back, take a nap out there. It, it cost me that today, but that's okay. It's for the cause. Oh, thank you. We hope you had as much fun as we did. All right. Well, I'm glad that you got, hope you got something out of this, but uh, definitely, definitely. No, <laughs> that, and that more than we ever thought we could have, honestly. Okay. If you really delve into this, you know, there's, uh, it's impossible history unless you really delve into it. But in Berkeley, mm. you know, not only is a home at Isayama, but it was, uh, it was the big three Isayama, then Takahashi, and then, uh, it's, uh just names escaping. That was Kate Komai's father. They were mm -hmm. the big in Berkeley, at, you know, the turn 1950, 51. And they were like the, the big leaders. And then, but, you know, everything started from them. Okay. You know, and then all the, we had a lot of prominent bonsai senseis on this side of the bay, but they were all like students of these people. Mm -hmm. You know, they just lived, Homei Isayama lived about six blocks above me. Mr. Takahashi lived, you know, like three blocks the other side of me. So this little area was where all the Japanese Americans congregated, mm. you know, because of you know, not only poverty, but the infrastructure was still here. So even though everybody left, the churches were still here. Right. Safety in numbers and everything, too. So they all came back. You know, the churches were still here. So they, you know, people got reestablished. Mm -hmm. right, the dormitory style, one of the churches, mm -hmm. get a job or a residence and they move on somewhere else, take that space on the floor. <clears throat> so I still work on you know I, my group still volunteers for that garden so i told them pruning the trees is not just pruning the trees you're pruning there's a story of a people here mm -hmm. 
And you keep mm-hmm. that in mind as you prune the trees. It's not just a pine or a maple. Right. Again, I'll leave you with this one thing about the Buddhist priests, Buddhist mm-hmm. reverend. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My mom belonged to that church. That's one reason why I was thinking about getting involved. And it's a very nice garden. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, nah, I better not because Buddhist churches, well, any church, once you volunteer, man, they got you for life. When it trees to ninety, you know, yeah, man, I don't want that. You know, I'm rocking and rolling in my career. I got things, <laughs> right? So I told the Reverend, "Well, I'm sorry, I just, you know, I just can't devote the time that it needs." <clears throat> yeah, he called my mother up. <laughs> oh, my mom called me up. Says, "What? You're not gonna? You know, I'm sorry, mom. I'll do it." Dang, what you big guns? <laughs> but I'm pretty slick. I did it for like five years, and then I pawned it off on one of my former students. <laughs> I was hoping she would convert to Buddhism, but she didn't. But uh, she just, I said, it's good for your portfolio, resume to lead a project, shows leadership skills, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. organizational skills. Mm-hmm. You know, plus the church provides you a free lunch and stuff. And oh, that's a good deal. That's she, great. And she said, okay, I'll take it. Oh, God. I just slid <laughs> out that back door so fast. Boy. Like, Woohoo. <laughs> Buddhist priest, man, without mercy. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, good luck. Well, Dennis- I there. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, really. Um, um, everything, everything, you know, the anecdotes, everything, um, you know, we wish you the best for your bonsai oh. retirement and everything yeah. else going forward. Maybe someday we'll be in California and we'll see you, you know, soon later. Do that. <laughs> Can we go Keep on going to Japan. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's an open ticket for my end, my daughter and everything. Really? Um, I'm glad that you're going and uh uh, you gonna take in any bonsai activities while you're there? Yeah, we have a few planned. Um, I was fortunate to meet uh, Shinji Suzuki's son in December when I was there at the Sakafu Ten, and uh, I was personally invited to go down. So I will go see uh, the Mr. Suzuki's yard. Um, I'm gonna stop by Mr. Kobayashi's, and then we're going up to um, Fukushima, where my wife is from, like I said. And then there's a first and first time in history that they're gonna have this bonsai display with one of the largest shrines. Okay. between Tokyo and Fukushima. And so we're going to go to that. And uh, I'm maybe meeting um, <clears throat> a gentleman by the name of uh, Fujikawa, Mr. Fujikawa, who studied with uh, Mr. Kimura. I'll yeah. be possibly going to his nursery too, because I met his wife at a um, show in Tochigi, um, close to Kunuma in December. It was just serendipity. Like you said, we just were bouncing around due to some things that happened with family getting COVID. So we couldn't go to the house. So we were just at a loss. And so we just kind of, like you, as you stated, flow with the river of life, which we did. And Made a lot of friends over there, so yeah. Suzuki Shinji's son studied with Kimura. So yes, yes, he he's finished and he studied with him. Now he's back at the nursery with his dad, I believe. Yeah, so that's it, good. You know, you're, you're, these are the people you want to see. It's very difficult to get a chance to. Right, right. So well, fortunately, my 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 wife is Japanese, so she can translate. But I do think my daughter's name is Juniper. And okay. so that yeah. was a big conversation starter for them. They're like Juniper, I'm like, yeah, like Ocean Paku. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that was a that was a good acceptance. Well, you you know, you can get away with it because you're non-Japanese looking. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you butcher up the languages, well, you're trying. If I did it, it's like in common knowledge in the Japanese American community. If you don't speak really good Japanese, don't speak at all because the Japanese mm. are insulting them. Yeah. Yeah. So just speak English, do the best you can. And I you know I I learned some words. Mm-hmm. I learned when I was on the airplane going to Japan the first time, I learned uh, uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah. but uh, I said that, you know, so I want to go to the bathroom, Otera, you know, we don't sit anymore. What <laughs> did I, <was> <laughs> I had to study like an hour on the plane for Otera, I got to the toilet, you know, <laughs> so, you know I said, so the Kuko is the uh, airport, mm-hmm. well, I better learn that because you know, I'm going to be landing at the airport. And, I talked to the clerks and go, oh, they, don't, they don't even use that word anymore. It's a portal. I'm like, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was I thinking trying to study Japanese? Right. But that I, is I, a hard language. The biggest yeah. mistake, this was, you know, I grew up in California and then you need a mm-hmm. foreign language to graduate high school. So I took Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, casa, mi casa, su casa. That's common. Right. right. So I got to Japan and then I was. The next morning, the instructor says, you want to go visit one of my clients? He's leaving. And I'm jet lagged. He said, if you feel okay, you know, come on. It was raining like crazy. So, oh, yeah, I'm in. <clears throat> and I got outside and he says, you know, he said, casa, casa. You know, he had a big house, you know, real impressive house. There's a, you know, like a multi-millionaire's house. Mm-hmm. And he kept saying that. I was like, God damn. And I said, yeah, it's a nice house. And then I realized that he wasn't speaking Spanish. <laughs> I looked in the dictionary, casa was umbrella. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's going to umbrella. 
So I, I panicked. I ran outside, got the umbrella, and he already, he already jumped in the van, so it was too late. <laughs> so you run in there, you know, my first day, open up that door and try to jump in. And I forgot that the Japanese drive on the opposite side, so I damn near jumped, jumped in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but it, it was all gravy after that. I, I succeeded. So just to let you good, know, if you ever good. mention my name in Japan, it'd be no one cares. <laughs> Understood. Understood. You, you know, died you in, you know, mm. you know. Still made an impact, and not mm -hmm. because of my skills, but uh, they're really status conscious. So since I was a bonsai president of the bonsai federation, mm -hmm. that that's the status in Japan. You know, they really respect, right? You know, people of, of uh, authority or position. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, but I, I, I made a little dent there. That's good. That's good. That's good. If you name um, drop, and you get, you get, uh, you know, laughed at. Well, that's up to you. Maybe a little something. <laughs> I didn't meet Suzuki Shinji. You know, I think, you know, he don't mm. know the name, but he don't know who the hell I am. Mm -hmm. but, uh, oh, we we appreciated everything you told us today. Yeah, but I've been around, so I, I've done mm. everything you possibly do in bonsai. Awesome, awesome. So again, I appreciate your enthusiasm and. Mm. I compliment you on your youth to do this at your age rather than most people do these things. They're like 60, 70 years old. Yeah, I still get weird looks from my in-laws that I do bonsai. No, but it's good. This is yeah. the inroad into, it's really out there. Mm. You know, you use it as a tool, you get some exposure. And, mm -hmm. and as you go further and further, and someone's gonna remember you, and, mm. you know, and then you get other opportunities. Right. If right. I know that Michael Hegedorn was going to recommend me, I, was, I should have been nicer to him when I was a huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible tree. Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, No problem. Uh, I will never learn how to use a computer. I will never have a cell phone, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Careful, we did it we got it on Zoom then. We got it. Tell, tell your wife, Joanne, we appreciate her yeah. help and everything yeah, as well. Yeah. And, I'm um, do without her. Yeah, no problem. Um, you have a good rest of your night. Yeah, and take your Stay safe. And uh, yes, enjoy your dinner. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you. Hey. Bye. Hey, y'all, Bonsai Time Podcast listeners. This is your host, Kevin. Just saying thank you for listening to this whole series. If you like this part of the series and releasing one episode each week in a longer interview, let us know. If you don't, let us also know. We appreciate your listening and your continued patronage. Have fun and Bonsai on. Today's episode has been recorded, produced, and edited by Kevin Ferris and Ryan Houston. Our music was provided by Midi Cancer. To find more music from Midi Cancer, check out their SoundCloud and Bandcamp pages. To find more information on the podcast, please check out our Instagram page, Bonsai Time Podcast, and our website, bonsaitimepodcast.com. To stay in touch with us, Kevin's Instagram is Kevin underscore Ferris, PNW, and Ryan's website is right2tree2.com. You can find these links in the description below. Thank you for listening and bonsai on.